Welcome to Scaling with Disha, the show that helps online entrepreneurs to scale their business to six figures and beyond without the hustle or the overheads. I'm your host, Disha Waddup, and I'll be here each week to remind you that you can do anything you set your mind to. Welcome to another episode of Scaling with Disha. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button and check us out again. We are here with Robin and I am so excited for this episode because he very kindly sent me his book, which I spent my Sunday afternoon reading. So I'm very excited to crack open his brain and give you all of the goodness that's in there. Uh, Robin is the founder of Fearless Business, regular speaker at various business events and best-selling author of several books, including Online Business Startup, Marketing Machine, and the recent popular release, Take Your Shot. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Disha. That's some introduction, isn't it? How am I going to follow up with that? <laughs> thank you so much for being here. It's so exciting. And thank you for sending me a copy of your book as well. That it was brilliant read. What made you come up with that book I mean you've got you've got so many three books now is that right uh, well I've got I've got five books six if you include the Spanish translation of take your shot so for any Spanish listeners you can buy a copy of Vea Poello on amazon.es nice. <laughs> um, yeah no in terms of um coming up with the the concept so I've I've set up fearless business as a coaching practice five years ago and actually Russ who is the character in the, I'm gonna have to be careful not to give any spoiler alerts here but <laughs> Um, so Russ, who is one of the main characters in the book, was actually one of my first coaching clients. Um, and we met completely by accident. So I used to run a marketing agency and I, I went through in the last couple of years of running that agency. I went through this process of productizing my web design and branding services. And and uh, loads of people were asking me about how I how I did that and could they do it for their businesses. So I did a workshop and it was to a load of other agencies and Russ who is a golf professional who randomly somehow signed up to this workshop I was doing for agencies um and he got off the uh, off the call afterwards and phoned me up and he's like Robin this is just brilliant I absolutely love it but I just have no idea about how to apply these principles to my business so um so we ended up doing some work together and I helped him to productize his golf pro sort of services the lessons that he was doing um and I I put all of like his journey what elements of his journey into a book and as obviously I mean there was it was it was a very commercial decision so it's a short book it's only a couple of hours to read um because I know that everybody's busy in this day and age and they you know like there's so many books out there so I wanted something that was short and punchy it had five key kind of coaching principles within it that anybody could apply to their business and I think the key part was I kind of told it as a story so you can really buy into Russ's character and David the coach and the other people who kind of I weave into the story of it and actually quite often the question I get is so is Russ real yes I've changed his name because he wanted a certain amount of anonymity he's actually runs a local golf um uh he's a local golf pro to me in Gloucestershire um and um so he is loosely, but he is a real character, but the emotive side of it, I actually kind of draw, because I've been in business 20 years, I've drawn a lot of my sort of up and downiness of running businesses over 20 years. Um, so it's quite an emotive story. And then, uh, well, people have to work out where my actual character kind of fits into the story when they read it, but I won't, I'm not going to do a spoiler alert on that one. I really liked the the way, the concept, the way the book was written, because very often a lot of uh entrepreneurial books are very dry in content you're like 
Um, <laughs> it's really hard to get through them. You're like, I know this is good content, but it's really hard to actually sit down and read it, which I found was different with your book. And I really like the story that you took us on. I thought that was really, really well written. Well, funny enough, I said it was a commercial decision. So my first book, Online Business Startup, which has had rave reviews, but it is a very practical, tactical, dry how-to book. Yeah. The bit of feedback I got from a lot of people was I had to kind of read a chapter go and implement it and then come back and it was very piecemeal and quite hard work so um I still you know it's still got great reviews and did very well but I took that on board with take your shot and wanted something that you could really get kind of stuck into yeah yeah so tell me about you your business how you have built your business how you started writing these books in the first place yeah, well, so like I said, so I, I actually um, set up my first proper business back in, I do that with Bunny, his proper business back <laughs> in 2004, which um, was a marketing creative agency, which I set up with my my then business partner, um, an amazing guy. And we ran that for 12 years and we went through sort of various stages. So I remember our first year in business, we did something like um, 16 grand between the two of us. So not, not a lot of money at all, but we're like, wow, it's amazing, just fresh out of university. Um, and we grew that to over that time to about 250k, just just shy of 250k with four employees. Um, my business partner left 10 years in uh, to that journey. And so I had the business for the last two. And that's when I really kind of kicked on and um, started to get into pr- productization. And so what stood us out from everybody else? Um, so our, our, if, you, if you think of web design and graphic design, they're very, both very much like time for money based businesses. So um, we we were charging um, sort of anywhere between 50 and 80 pounds an hour for our services, sometimes a bit more, it depended on what it was. And we end up like agencies go through this, um, I call design agency ping pong, right, where you request a quote, you get a quote back, then the work kind of goes backwards and forwards, like especially like logos, it's like the client will say something like, oh, I like the colors and that one, the shape of that. So you have this design agency ping pong until about three months later, you eventually get the work done. But you've agreed to do it on an hourly basis. So, we, you know, you do 10 hours worth of work and get 600 quid, but it's taken you three months or something. And I was just like, there has to be a better way to do this. So first of all, we systemized it. So I worked out that we had seven steps in our process and that reduced it by about sort of half, you know, third to a half the time to produce somebody's sort of brand and logo. And then I was like, it has to be a better way to do this because it was still a bit of a, an elongated process. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could design somebody's logo in a day? And of course, like everybody around me is like, no, it's not possible. It's just that and the other. It's like, well, unless we try it, you're never going to know. So um, so we did it. Uh, the first one, I think we had the client in at eight in the morning. They didn't leave until eight at night. It was like a, it was like a really painful process, but we got the job done. We got got the logo designed. We got the um, a two page style guide set out. They were really happy with it. They were part of the creative process because we got them in. Um, and gradually we managed to hone it down to like a five hour workshop, you know, client was in and out very much like a conveyor belt. But the, the really interesting thing was, so um, about two or three of these workshops in, somebody said to me, Robin, we're desperate for this. We've got, uh, I think they were doing an advertorial in a magazine or something. And so they needed a logo for like next week. It was really urgent. And so, and they said, how much does it cost? So, so I tripled the price thinking, well, you know, let's, it's going to be quicker. So, yep. and, you know, and they said, yes, without hesitation. I was like, oh, that was interesting. Um, and then, so we started off selling them about 1500 pounds for a day's workshop, three times the going rate for graphic design at that time. Um, and in the end, um, there was one client who wanted me to drive up to York the next day. It was a big software company and they wanted me to put like, they had 23 people they wanted to put in a room with me. So I was like, 
one, I didn't want to go to York, to, not because there's anything <laughs> wrong with it. It's a lovely, lovely city. But um, uh, but but two, I, it was a long drive for me, you know, from Cotswolds all the way up there. I didn't really want to drive up there. And, and um, I knew it's going to be a tough day because there's 23 people like throwing ideas into the mix. So, so kind of heart, like jokingly, I went 18 grand. And they said yes and transferred the money into my account that same day. Like, And then obviously I went up, did it, did a great, yeah. you know, they, they really loved it. And so, you know, then... Um, and other business owners started to sort of pick up what I was doing and they were like, that's really interesting. Could you show us how to do it? And that's where fearless business um, sort of came to light. So in 2016, I ended up um, selling the agency, not, not for much money. It was a modest sum, you know, but it saw me through the first couple of years with fearless. Um, and now what we do is we teach other well, agencies, freelancers, but also coaches and consultants how to package up whatever it is that they're doing, stop charging hourly and day rates, and then you know package it up and price it as to what they're really worth. Because as we know, most people undersell themselves. Yeah, I love that word that, you, that you've said a few times, product, product size, product size? Productization, yeah. That's Productize. the word, yeah. Can you explain more about what that is? Yeah, so there's so there's this notion, right? So um, I don't give me an example of a, a service, a typical like time for money service. Oh, like a virtual assistant. I know there's a okay. few of those that listen. Yeah, so uh, well, VA, okay, let's take a VA for example. So most VAs will be doing very broad stuff. So email management, diary management, maybe managing podcasts and stuff like that. But they'll be like all all things to all people, and you know what you might know, say, jack of all trades, master at none, and and so yeah. therefore that's what that their their kind of worth, their value is based around. Um, so what we first of all, you need to imagine that there's actually three different niche, niches that you can go into. So you have VAs, um, but they will work for anyone and do anything. OK, but actually imagine that VA specializes in working for business coaches. Right. So we've got the market niche and that's normally relatively easy for people to nail down. The second niche, though, which is harder is the product niche. So this is where you have to do one specific thing like what, you know, produce one remarkable outcome or result for that for that market niche okay so in this instance rather than doing email diary management podcast social media yada yada like um and i've done this with the va very successfully i suggested to her well why don't you just sell podcast interviews like go out and find podcast interviews for business coaches mm -hmm. because then you know you get vas i mean you can get them from the philippines for like five dollars an hour but in you know in the uk here typically about 30 or 40 pounds an hour for example and that's at the expensive end of it but what we worked out was that um she could get 10 pod podcast book for somebody and we charge a thousand pounds for it and that was actually acceptable because as a coach going onto a podcast if yeah. i do a good job i'll attract people and potentially get business out of it right so now all of a sudden, and, and when we actually systemized her process, we worked out that once she'd done the research and stuff, it would take about an hour to book each podcast to do all the admin and follow up and everything. Yeah. And now she's getting a hundred pounds an hour for doing a job that ordinarily would be 10 or 20 or 30 pounds an hour, for example. So we've got market niche, we've got product niche. And the thing is when you get both of those two nailed, you can then command the pricing niche. So you can be the most expensive in the marketplace. But there's a couple of other things around that product niching that probably needs a bit of explanation, okay? So this is where you have uh, three very specific levers which you have to pull, okay, with your product. So the first one is that that product needs to create a, a really clearly defined outcome or result, okay? So getting 10 podcasts booked, really clearly defined outcome or result. It needs, the second lever, it needs to happen over a clearly defined period of time. 
okay? So we'll book those 10 podcasts within 90 days, right? So that very simple, okay? And then the final one, and this is where a lot of people struggle, is that we're gonna do it for a fixed fee, mm-hmm. okay? So, and this forces the business owner now to have skin in the game because they have to create a system and a process to make sure that they can deliver the first two things within that clearly defined period of time. And if they can't, it's, it's on them, it's gonna cost them money. Um, and so th- this is where you just have to like, you know, VAs, it starts in a spreadsheet, but then you have to build more complex systems and invest a bit of money. And now you can have a nice, you know, custom CRM, which you've built, which then handles most of that automation for you. Hence the reason why it speeds the process up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's the pricing side of things. That's where people get really stuck. I, I love that concept of getting really clear on the outcome. And that's something that I've talked about a lot with my clients as well, getting really clear on what that outcome is, whether that is you're a, a service-based business, whether you're a, a virtual assistant, I have a lot of yoga teachers and wellness people that for the follow as well, um, and getting really clear on that outcome and the time frame that you can do that in. Yeah. Um, as a service-based business, I think that's really, really powerful for people. But how do you pick that outcome? How do you get that outcome? Because that's something that I get asked a lot. So I'm passing the book to you. How okay, do you pick so, that outcome for people? So one one I picked out there, and it's because it's slightly challenging, and um, it's, uh, it's yoga, for example. So mm-hmm. if you have a yoga instructor, um, now you can, you can obviously make people better at yoga, but living as a 40-year-old living without pain could be a really clearly defined outcome okay because you start to get into your 40s and things slow down and your body aches and joints crack when you wake up in the morning right i'm talking about myself here (laughs) um so so actually if i if i start doing yoga within 90 days could i get to a point whereby i'm just feeling a bit more vital and not not it's not hurting so much in the morning and you know i don't have i can go out cycling and not worry about cramp and stuff like that for example that that's the clearly defined outcome there the reason i picked that one though is there are some challenges so when you start to get into the mind the body and things like that um offering guaranteed outcomes can become problematic because there's uh, especially as well in things like therapy because there's like an ethical and moral code of conduct which you have mm-hmm. to sign up to uh you can't offer guaranteed outcomes right no- nothing in life is guaranteed at that point and that's that's fine so this is where you have to then flip into the result or outcome still stands but we flip into something called like a perceived value guarantee so it might be that we can't guarantee 100 percent you're going to be pain-free robin but if we could get you from like a two out of ten on the pain scale to an eight a seven eight or a nine you're going to have this really high perceived value of what we've done the work we've done together yeah um and so that's what we wrap a guarantee around and, and why i'm talking about guarantees as well is because what you'll find is um, if you ask any service client business owner, would they offer 100% cast iron money back guarantee on their products? Okay. Most of them will say no. Yeah. And they use the D word. The D word is banned at fearless business, right? The D word is it depends. Okay. <laughs> oh, it depends on the client. It depends if they sh- on if they show. It depends if they on if they do the work. It depends on whether they can follow my instructions properly. It, it it depends. It depends. It depends. And I'm like, you need to eradicate. It depends as much as best you can. If you're worried about the client showing up, what accountability do you have to put in place in order to get them to show up? Mm-hmm. If if you're worried about in in your confidence, if you lack confidence in your ability to deliver, what do you need to put in, into your own systems and processes in order to make that more robust to be able to deliver that result? You know, and um, and the other thing that again most people are worried about with guarantees is, oh, what if somebody asks for their money back? Well, clearly 
clearly you've done something wrong if somebody asks for a refund, right? So like make it, make it your business, be accountable, like make it your business to figure out what's gone wrong. So if you were to take a fitness professional, for example, who maybe says, right, I'm going to help you drop 20 pounds in eight weeks. Okay. Big, big promise, right? Yeah. Um, you wouldn't hang the guarantee off that, off the 20 pounds in eight weeks necessarily, but it might be they get to eight, eight weeks in, they've dropped 15 pounds. They go, this is great value for money because I've dropped 15 pounds. And, but as a, as a service provider, I could then say to you, Disha, how about we do another like four sessions just so we can get that last five pounds off, but it's on me. All of a yeah. sudden now you've got a very different sort of concept, which you just sold to the client. The client's like, this is brilliant. Like it's great value for money. They've done the extra work. They've gone the extra mile to get me that result. Yeah. I that's really powerful. I think being able to have that guarantee in the, in the work, is that something that you offer with all, all clients or, and, and as, encourage as other clients as too? As best we can. It very much depends on the level of uh, their level of confidence. Um, yeah. Uh, whether again like anything there's a lot of things which kind of um, come into it but yeah where possible we push them to talk about guarantees when they go into the sales process because it keeps them keen yeah and what about proven results because is is that something that you think they need to have done it before they need to know that that is possible I guess you have you can't turn around and say I'm going to make you a million pounds in in three months if the person's like got nothing right now so like have you done it before and proven results to make sure that you can get it is that something that you go through with the clients as well yeah I mean we always sort of say look get as much social proof as you can so case studies reviews testimonials that's that's like a given but there are business owners who are maybe starting out who don't have that level of social proof but you can look inside yourself if you've got the certifications and qualifications and you're pretty confident you can do it like why not give it a go and but again wrap up that ethical moral sort of code around that so you can you can agree with somebody listen well let's let's shoot for a million dollars like revenue um, if we haven't achieved that in 12 months, I'll refund you. Yeah. You know, so, and that's the right thing to do. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And uh, I think guarantee is so, so powerful that I've never considered in my business. So I'm going to have a, have a think on that. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's tough that the first, I mean, the thing is I, I've been offering guarantees within fearless business and we used to do it on our web design um, products as well years ago, but so in fearless business, and I'm happy to be completely transparent here. So we have a money back guarantee we, what we do is we, um, there's a couple of things that we do to kind of ease that friction as well. Okay. So when we enroll clients, they have a 14 day, no quibble period. So yeah. if they come into the program and they go, do you know what, Robin, this, this as lovely as it is, it's really not for me. We don't even ask questions. It's just give the money back because what we've realized is if once people have been in for 14 days, they've hopped on a couple of calls, they've started to achieve some of the milestones, they can see the value in it. So they don't want to, they don't want to leave. They don't need to occasionally things go wrong though so i'll give you a couple of examples um to sort of illustrate this so we had uh, one woman who came through fearless business she did the entire program she watched all the videos she came to all the coaching courses we threw the kitchen sink at it but there was just something that was just blocking her from making progress with her business and uh, this is before we we now have a mindset coach in the program. So this is before Kate joined and um, was delivering our mindset calls. So she had this blockage and I could not. So I'm not a qualified psychologist. I don't have a, a coaching certification as such, um, but I have plenty of experience. That's what I bring to the party and a process. 
so I knew she had a block, couldn't figure out what it was. And I said, listen, I'm going to give you, cause she was really hard up as well. Cause we could, she couldn't get clients and it was just really frustrating. So we refunded her. And I said, there are conditions on this refund. I said, one, you don't spend it with another business coach until you've resolved this blockage. I said, and I think what that needs is an NLP practitioner or potentially a therapist or somebody just to dig deeper on the mindset side of things. Cause it's not working now. She took on money, she gave it to another business coach, didn't get the result, and they didn't refund her. Ugh. Okay. Then she did some NLP coaching, had a massive breakthrough, came back to us and said, Robin, now I understand where the blockage was. I want to start again. Can I give you your money back? And so it kind of actually it worked out really well in, in that respect. Um, but again, we then also had um, somebody more recently who uh, 14 months after she'd completed the program, um asked for a refund so 14 months later surely you would have realized like sooner sooner than this that there was a problem but her email actually stated listen uh i i I, i'd like a refund i'm kind of just trying it on (laughs) i kid you not an email uh i know i didn't do the work (laughs) so it's like all of these things cropping up where she and i just said listen if somebody did this she was a coach herself believe it or not and I said listen if somebody had done this to you 14 months later what would you do and she said well I wouldn't give them the refund but this is what people do people try it on and I think like we have contracts in place we have get out clauses to make it easier to ease that friction we have payment plans as well to sort you know so there's all these mechanisms that you have to put in place to make it work yeah um so we've given two refunds one one that I've explained the second refund we gave because the guy was an utter dick he was <laughs> selling within our program and it, I just he was toxic I didn't realize this when we qualified him and so actually it was easier for me to say here's your money get out don't come back um yeah. and, and again that was to protect our clients because we I want it's a community I don't want people to feel like they're being sold to or there's nastiness in there yeah yeah I love that and how have you grown your business over the last few years what has helped you get through especially the last year and a half of COVID and things. What is there something organic or how do you attract your clients to, to grow your business? Yeah. So, so I, um, the first year we were in business. Uh, so in 2016, I, I did the maths and worked out how many clients I needed. So I set my top, my revenue goal, divided it by how many clients I thought I needed. And that was the price for the coaching program. And I went to town on it. In the first year, I did 50 uh, 50 speaking gigs, 30 podcast interviews. I did 12 networking events that I I was running. I did four marketing events, which had 250 plus people each one. I did 125 consultations, right? And I had another coach about uh, 18 months after that, that first year say, Robin, I think I'm a really good coach. Um, but I don't understand why you're so successful, you know, so yeah. much more successful than me. And I said, well, how many consultations did you do in the last month? And she kind of looked at me a bit quizzically. And I said, come on, you can count that. Surely you must know, you must know your numbers. I said, and she said, oh, I, I, I don't know, one or two. Or so I said, what about the last year? And she said, oh, four or five. I said, I did 125 consultations and you did five. Why do you think I'm more successful than you? Yeah. But, but I, I've doubled down on building marketing assets. And I think this is the difference. So, all of those speaking engagements I did, I recorded. Um, all of the interviews I did, I documented, and we do blog articles and repurpose up the content. Um, a lot of the, the the marketing events which I did, we recorded, and I turned them, one of them into marketing machine. Um, yeah. So I create, I repurpose and create assets off the back of it. And I think this is where most business owners fall down on: is they're so caught up in Twitter and Instagramming 
like doing all the dancing and stuff like that which is like don't I'm not knocking it you, you kind of need yeah. to do it but I'll explain why I'm kind of like I am taking you know having a bit of fun with it that's called marketing activity okay yeah you do a tweet and it's gone in seconds you do an Instagram like a live or a reel or something it's gone in with, within 24 hours and there's so much noise barely anybody sees it right so you do all these activities it disappears marketing assets are things which live on the internet that when somebody googles like business coach or interesting business books or podcasts about x y and z that your marketing assets like they stand the test of time they're digital assets they will outlive us and people can find them on google and i recommend to people you put 80 percent of your marketing efforts or time um, or money into building remarkable marketing assets that change people people's lives and then the other 20% of the time or money you then put into marketing those assets so I'm I'm here I know I'm here to offer value but I'm also here to talk about take your shot you know we'll come on to that you know a bit later on um so that's me sweating that asset because it's there and it needs I need to tell people about that it's not going to do it on its own um yeah. but you know, everybody looks at all, you know, it takes like eight to 12 months, you know, to go through the process of writing a book. I've known people who've done it, you know, in much shorter periods of time than that as well. So it takes a lot of effort to build assets, right? It's, yeah. It's the difference between like, you know, owning a house and renting a house, basically. Um, activity, marketing activity is renting. Building a house is like building a marketing asset. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of work behind that, isn't there? But having the the books, the, I mean, I know the podcasts and the, everything else that goes into it. There's a lot of work, and then remarketing it is really powerful as well. And re regurgitating uh, that in a different way and adding value in different ways is really powerful as well. I think to do that marketing activity, as you say, the yeah. top stuff. The best yeah. asset, the best asset I've built though is is the actual community. So we did something different to a lot of the coaching accelerators that are out there so when um when you stop paying most coaches you stop getting coaching right mm -hmm. so they boot you out of whatever program you're yeah. on okay um because because it's within their interest right to sell more hours <laughs> of coaching yeah. okay um uh, to pay for their mortgage and put food on the table which actually tells me that that's not the right way to do it because it should the focus should be on the community the people you're serving um so we we just um we made our program unlimited you can stay you pay a one-time fee and you stay in for as long as you want to and what that's meant now is our referral when i introduced that uh it was january not covid year the year before 2019 we introduced the all you can eat package basically um uh all of a sudden our referrals doubled within the program because the community nice. was growing yeah the people that continue to get value why wouldn't they refer you more people to come into your community yeah um and that was absolutely transformation I mean, it takes a lot to maintain that group i'm not going to lie but it's, it is our greatest asset from a marketing perspective yeah is it a facebook group that you have uh yeah well it's pri primarily a facebook group but we 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 run run it in a number of different ways we do li live coaching calls twice a week we do we have a whatsapp group which is for you know a bit of banter but also uh we we give we give marketing tips and various things like that on a regular basis bit of accountability and stuff um so we've got a number of different sort of things set up to support the group fantastic yeah so what is it that people can connect with you how can people connect with you what is your offer right now tell us about the the take your shot 
Yeah, so um, so as a gift for everybody watching, listening, um, uh, take your shot is my little gift for everybody. So they can go to fearless.biz forward slash TYS for take your shot. Um, and there's a few other resources as well on the fearless.biz page as well for anybody who's sort of in that service space looking to grow their business. Hopefully there's some useful things in there for them to sort of get stuck into. But yeah, and any anybody in the UK, I'll actually sign and post a copy of take your shot as well. So my little gift. Ah, yes. And I'll pop the links down below so everybody can check that as well. If somebody wanted to work with you, if somebody's like, Robin, that's amazing. What I've heard has blown my mind. How can I connect with you? How can I work with you? How can they get in touch? Yeah, bet, best bet is just to e email me robin at robin.waits. And then um, we just we just have an initial chat, which is just a I call it a 30 minute diagnostic call, basically. So we look at the business and like if, the, if there's something that's kind of inspired people from what we've talked about today around that productization or pricing piece and pricing, we haven't gone into any detail about. But maybe we'll have to come back and talk about that. But yeah, pricing for me is the thing which makes the biggest difference. So if you think I could put my prices up a bit, that's a really great thing for us to actually talk about on that diagnostic call. I love it. Is there anything that you came to say that you didn't say that you would like to say now? Yeah, I, I think what what stops a lot of business owners from kind of making progress and scaling is perfection. So if anybody's out there like building the perfect product or the perfect course or the perfect whatever, stop doing that. Like if you just like have got 80% of the way there, launch it now and get some feedback because the, the fast the fastest way to grow anything is to actually listen to your community and get feedback on features and things that you can do to improve it. Um, and you can iterate so many more times. I've seen too many business owners kind of like spend 12 months being, building the perfect thing, launch it, and then they go, well, where's all the clients? Well, you've been busy building. You haven't been busy building an audience. You've just been building the thing. So it's not about the product necessarily, just, just JFDI it. Yeah, I, I love that because I'm a big advocate of that. And I, I know from um, my personality perspective, I will procrastinate forever if I haven't sold it. So I sell things before I make them and then bust a gut when I've sold it and go, oh, crap, now I've got to make it. <laughs> Run around like endless chicken and, and build it off the back I'm of glad that. I'm not the only one. So I, when I launched Fearless <laughs> Business, I know you've got to wrap up, but when I launched Fearless Business, so we went from, I went from one to one to group and that was the biggest transformation. I sold 30 people onto the first cohort in November, 2018. And then we launched it in January the 1st, but I had no, no course, no workbook, no nothing built. No. And that, my wife hates me for it, but I locked myself in my office for four days between Christmas and New Year and built the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. And it was a, it was a the best thing I ever did. Yeah, that's that's what you have to do, I think. And but some people aren't like that. I think there's a specific personality type where you're just like, I have to sell it first and then I'll build it because I know that if I just sit down, I'll just stare at a computer screen or eat some chocolate and won't <laughs> get anything done. So I know I have to sell it first and then then pull it out of the bag afterwards. So I'm 100%. a big fan. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. I know there's been some amazing knowledge shared and that I still can't say that word, productization. Oh, there you go. Bingo. Woo! Nailed it. Um, so <laughs> I know that some people will be like, oh my God, that's amazing. And running off to try and figure out how to productize their business now. So thank you so much for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. And to all the listeners, please make sure that you hit the subscribe button, leave us a review and come over and say hello in the Scaling with Disha Facebook group. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I really hope that you 
genuinely learned something from today's episode. If you found this episode useful, then please hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. I personally read each and every one. Until next time, bye.